Hey, magical beings. Welcome back or welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm a confidence coach and instigator of joy, and I help spiritual adventurers remember who they are and why they're here so they can up-level with ease. And this right here is the 100th episode of the Find Your Awesome podcast. I'm not really one for numbers, but I have heard that it's a big deal to get to 100 episodes. So I decided to do something a little special. Last year, when I reached the 52 episode mark, the one year mark, I had my husband, Peter McDougall on, and he kind of interviewed me about what we'd learned or what I'd learned in the first year of podcasting. This time I brought Pete back and we recorded a little something special. It was a lot about human design, just cause that was what was on my mind. We recorded it by the pool because we can, and we're celebrating all the things we can do and all the abundance and amazingness and awe-inspiringness that is around us. So anyway, we recorded it by the pool and there may be some background noises. Hopefully you can still hear us loud and clear. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast. Please continue to do so. Please share it with all your friends and most importantly, please go forth and be awesome. You have shared with me is, well, no, I don't know if you shared it with me, but you've let me go down the rabbit hole on human design and you've seemed to be interested in it. Yeah, I am interested in it. I find it really interesting. I found it really interesting in the insights that it's given me um, when you've described the the aspects of my human design like you've taken to it really quickly like you've yeah I've been really impressed in how you can remember a lot of the factors and 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 read into it a lot and I for the life of me can only really hold on to two or three or four of the elements and I, I'm thinking those are the elements that most resonate with me but they're like spot on and so I'm I'm kind of fascinated understanding y- your your kind of passion for it but also it's been spot on so it hasn't been hard to follow you or allow you to go down the rabbit hole or follow you down the rabbit hole or what have you because it's just like yeah that 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 helps explain me to me so cool all right like I wonder if it helps explain that person to that person or explain that person to me like it's better understanding like it's better understanding you like I understand you a bit better now because of you know your human design chart so uh, it, it really wasn't a hard decision to let you. What What do you understand better about me, thanks to knowing more about my human design? Mm. <laughs> what do I understand better about you? Um, well, it was like the, it was that example of the the booking travel, right? Like you, you don't. Do you want me to explain? Yeah. Okay. So. My head and mind, the top two centers are undefined. That means they're white on my human design chart. And when those, the high, the high expression of those undefined, undefined centers is basically excitement about uncertainty, open to possibilities, and an ability and freedom to say, I don't know. The low expression is getting overwhelmed, thinking about things that don't matter, and, well, overthinking. Mm. And so 
so booking travel, I mean, neither of us are planners by nature. Neither of us like dealing with those details. Um, and so understanding when it's like, when we're finally like, okay, we're going to do this. And like, I get up, I, I, I can be, I mean, I can be a little bit like, okay, we'll just put your head down and push through it. And you were struggling with that. And now I have a much better context for why you struggle with it because it's, it's that overwhelmed bit. Like when you get pushed into the low expression of that center, you get overwhelmed. Yeah. Another um, way that it's explained the low expression is feeling pressured to be certain about something Mm -hmm. when really saying, I don't know is not any sort of sign of weakness or anything like that for me. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's the truth. Yeah. I don't know. Well, because I think that goes along with the fact that you're, you embrace uncertainty, right? You, for you, not knowing isn't just not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength. No, like, it's, it's really exciting. <laughs> it's really exciting. You, you're excited about not knowing, which is terrifying to me. And that's one of the <laughs> things that I'm working on over, um, over the years. But like, that that like that that's an understanding that's insight that's i mean that's the thing i've i've talked to you about this before with human design it's it's almost gives you permission to acknowledge the things that make you you and th- that they're not just oh if you just tried harder you could be like that other person it's like no this is this is a thing this is part of me but it also allows you to see that other people are made differently so in essence, you can understand that that other person, it's not just that's not their strength. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's what human design has helped me better understand myself and, and to some extent better understand you, um, which I, I think is kind of the key to this whole journey thing, relationship thing, figuring other people out. I mean, we're, we're spending so much time with other people. You need to, the more we can understand about them and what makes them tick, the better, the better we're all going to get along, right? So what's your biggest takeaway learning about your own human design? I think the biggest takeaway was the um, hermit opportunist concept. Um, the, the fact that I So that's really, your profile. Yeah. That you're a 2-4, which is otherwise known as the hermit opportunist. Yeah, and I think it's the, um, that I like my cave. I, I really like my cave and I won't step foot outside of my cave unless I feel like there's it's worth it. And so other people who spend all their time outside their cave, I don't have to look at them and say, I just have to try harder and be like them. No, it's like, no, you dude, you, you just, you do your own thing and sit in your cave. And if it's not worthwhile, it's not worthwhile. Like there's no reason to go out there like those other crazy people who are constantly outside their cave. So a lot of people say, oh, my God, I can't believe Pete has hermit energy in him because he seems so outgoing. And so what's can outgoingness, can extroversion coexist with hermit energy? Absolutely. It's because when I do decide that I want to go get out of my cave, I'm I'm like all in because I've chosen. I want to be out here. There's an opportunity here to see friends, to to go on a stage and have all of everyone pay attention to me. Like, it's a great opportunity. But, I mean, they're not the ones who see me working in my dark office surrounded by shelves full of books. Like, it is a literal cave. 
And I'm quite happy sitting in there for 10 hours a day. And, and so people only, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's a good, it's a good example of how people see one slice of other people. And that's usually in a scenario that they're showing up to. And so people see me when I'm out and I've decided there's an opportunity. So I leave the cave and I, I go out there. And so they're like, oh, he's an extrovert because look, he's so excited to be out here. It's like, yeah, because I want it when I, when I do leave, it's because I want to leave. And since I want to leave, I'm excited to be there. Um, and I think if I had to leave my cave not under my own uh, volition, then I, there'd be a lot more introverted tendencies of, of I don't really want to be here and I'm not engaged and I don't see an opportunity, but someone locked my cave and I can't get back in. So I'm just going <laughs> to hang out here until the door's unlocked. Oh. Okay. I'm not going to share pieces of your human design that you don't share. So. Okay. So then what other ones? Um, closing. What do you mean by that? Um, I like the, I think some people will understand what I mean when the, the, the need to cross the things off a list, the need for things to be finished. Um, so I, Early on in freelance writing, I realized the only way to keep myself organized was to have a pad of paper with all the things I was supposed to do for that day. And I derive an inordinate amount of satisfaction crossing things off the list. And I often get frustrated when I do something and it's not quite done. And so I can't quite cross it off the list. And so it's still open even though I can't move it forward. So if there's a piece that is relying on someone else, like an editor or something like that, I can't cross it off the list because I have to leave it open until the editor comes back, but I've done everything I can do. It's not waiting on me. There's a, there's a little friction there where I've done my part, but I can't cross it off the list. Is it? So I think this is an interesting way to describe this because, you know, I think a lot of people enjoy crossing things off list. That means it's done. Mm-hmm. I don't have to deal with it anymore. And I think most people have at least once in their lives, if not daily, added something to their list simply that they've already done simply so they can cross it off so that's not just me no okay but the part that i do find unique to you Mm -hmm. is that discomfort with having it out of your hands when it's not done Mm. yes yes because i no longer have the control over whether or not it will get done and having it get done is very important to me and so, and it's not like, I, I enjoy group work. I enjoy collaborative work. <laughs> like, I would like for the record to say I had, I, like I enjoyed working on projects and I enjoy working on projects with other people. But I think there is a trust element of working on your part and handing it off to someone else and making sure that that gets done, um, that that if it's when it doesn't get done or if it doesn't get done it it like I can't move on. I can't just know that it's still open and just go do something else. Like I don't I know we've had the conversation that there's people who call themselves good multitaskers but they're they're not. They're just kind of they're good at switching and really no one's good at switching but they've just figured out how to do it better. Like I'm really not good at multitasking in the sense that if there's something that's big and important that's still open like I have a lot of trouble, re- like focusing on what 
what I would do after that thing. Like it's like, no, once that thing is done, then I'll start thinking. Uh, um, a perfect example is my oath ceremony. So became a U.S. citizen, and that was a huge thing on my schedule. There was the test, there was the this. For the interview part, I, I did my interview and then was like, oh, actually, the rest of my week isn't that busy. But for me, it, had, it cast such a long shadow over the rest of my schedule that mm. it was all I could think of. Um, I recently heard something that really resonates with me. I totally get that when we switch from task to task, we are not efficient, that we're not able to give 100% of our attention to each thing. Mm -hmm. But what I heard is that actually they found that creativity increases if somebody is allowed to freely switch. And I think it was just between two tasks. And we're talking creativity, not getting stuff done. No, but that makes a lot of sense because it allows your brain to, like, to take advantage of an association that it's made. Because, I mean, we are thinking in the background. It's like we're not just... Yeah. And so, like, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I can also see how it would be bad for productivity from the point of view of getting stuff done. Well, I think creativity is bad for productivity in yeah. that sense. Yeah. And that's why creatives are often seen as like daydreamers and like yeah we need that daydreaming time though yeah no you need the need the time to recharge and 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 make those new associations that are what feed the creativity um interesting well here you would ask me what um part of my human design like resonated with me or taught something about me what what part of my human design taught you something about me oh the same well, the things you've said, mm -hmm. the hermit opportunist, the, the, <laughs> the thing that I read first that made me actually laugh out loud when I was digging into that was people with a 2-4 profile don't like their life to be interrupted. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Um, what, I, we're both manifesting generators, and that, that type resonates with me so strongly and I see you as trying to live more as a generator than a manifesting generator. Yeah, and and, and I mean that, that gets at the whole concept of there's what your type is and then there's uh, what you've either been raised or what you've you've grown up leveraging and I mean we are in a world of uh, I've heard other people on podcasts call it like achieving, like it's an achieving oriented culture where you do and, and, you know, hard work and nose to the grindstone and, and just keep pushing until you know how to do it well. Um, and switching is like turning away Who's from something. Well, switching from like, oh, I'm struggling at this task and I don't really want to do it anymore. Well, switching to something that you're like following your passion is, I think, often more seen as quitting than simply like changing things up. So I feel oh, manifest... Wait, 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 hold on. That's really interesting. No, well, had, had you not thought about that from a generator versus manifesting No, because generator? both generators and manifesting generators are supposed to do what sets our soul on fire. Right, but generators don't generators and everyone's not going to understand the tenuous grasp I have on this <laughs> stuff. Um, isn't, aren't generators, like, don't they focus on one thing at a time, basically? Yes. Okay. Yes, whereas manifesting generators are going to zig and zag, and time and space right. are, don't really mean anything to us. 
and we will likely do two or more things at a time. Mm -hmm. A generator really wants to master something. Right. Then that's what I mean. And so it's, it's if you're not mastering it from the outside, the external perspective is if someone who is struggling to master something decides to zig or zag, I believe it, it may be perceived as quitting from a from an environment that that focuses on the mastering and the generating pattern as being the predominant pattern. Um, whereas zigging and zagging and just, you know, kind of doing a whole bunch of different things uh, is much like the creativity person who's like daydreaming and thinking up and coming up with all those great ideas. And it's like, well, we measure things on productivity. So that's not necessarily a positive. I just, I made that association. I'm with Um, you. Now I forget where we were when I made that statement though. Yeah, so do I. So let's talk about, we talked a little bit about my open Mm. or undefined centers. Do you want to share yours? Yeah, but I won't be able to define them. So do you want to share? Well, you've got, do you want me to share which ones of yours are open or undefined? Root and heart? Yeah. Right. So which, remind me the root well, the root center, I'm pulling it up right now for you to cheat. So the high expression of an undefined root center is acknowledging pressure and stress without being overcome by it, not rushing yourself, allowing yourself adequate time to unwind and rest. And this, I'm reading this directly from something that Learn Human Design, an account I follow on Instagram, wrote. So I am quoting her on this. Mm-hmm. I resonated much more strongly with a low expression <laughs> because that's as I that's that's what I'm that's my own particular friction point. That's what I'm working on right now, and that's. So do you want me to? Yeah, go ahead. Tell read you the, what read. the low expression is. Yeah, it's hurrying to be free of the pressure, rushing through life, being fueled by other people's stress, being overcome by the pressure to do it all right now. Yeah, and and I think I I tie into that, the yeah I think. The comment I was making earlier about really liking when things, when I can cross things off the list and, and make things done, um, I think is a slippery slope for that, the lower expression of that, in the sense that I just, I want to get things done. And so there's no, if it takes an extra couple of days and I am going to take today off and not work at it, um, then then that's not okay because I need to be working to get it done. I need to be... Um, you know, rushing to get it done. Um, so that's where that's where I think that comes in, and that's what resonated very strongly with me about it. Cool. So the way I think about situations like that is someone else's panic is not my panic. Right. Not my circus, not my monkeys. True, but different. But I like the circus and the monkeys. <laughs> yeah, and and we had, I mean... Like I, that, that has, that has come up in, in anyone who's worked in a, in a position that has, like you have to deal with other people's deadlines or you're, you know, sharing a deadline or it's a long deadline and someone has a crisis and all of a sudden it's, it becomes your crisis by default, um, has experienced the fact that y- you're, you know, that someone else's crisis isn't something that you need to take on as your own panic. Um, and I think it's just not something that I'm particularly good at because I think I also like to, um, 
I don't know if I'm actually a people pleaser, but I do like getting it. Like I do like getting it done. And so there's a certain degree of if if someone else isn't going to do it, then I'll just take over their job and I'll get that done too. Well, the other piece of your profile, your yeah. two four profile, is you don't like to rock the boat. That is true. Yeah, I don't. I don't like to rock the boat. <laughs> Ever. Very stable vote. Unless, <laughs> unless I can be convinced, like unless the choice is between that or some other principle of mine. Like I'm, I have rocked the boat a couple of times where I felt like on principle it needed to be rocked. But, but in a, just a general principle, like, nah, there's, it's just not worth it. Like that, that's what comes across in my mind. Like it's well, just like, because you don't like your life to be interrupted. Exactly. And you're constantly peeking out from your cave, evaluating what's worthy of your attention and what's not. Right. And there's a lot of things that aren't worthy of my attention. <laughs> Let me just be straight on that. And so, but when there, when there is something, and I mean, I feel like, I feel like this past year, there's been a lot of, of me leaving my cave. Um, I think going back to the getting into the camper, um, for those of you, I guess most of you have been listening and at least know this, but after we sold our house in Maine, we lived in a camper for 16 months, just kind of traveling around the southeast. And that was wildly, I mean, talk about leaving your cave. I didn't even have a cave to go back to. I mean, our camper was a bit of a cave, and I didn't leave it very much. I tried really hard to bring the cave with me. Um, but but that was, that was really, th- that stretched my comfort zone a lot. And I feel like the last year and a half down here ha- has stretched comfort zones too in the sense of I'm spending an awful lot of time outside of my cave. We... I think there's a difference between being a hermit and having that hermit energy and not wanting to leave your comfort zone. Mm. Think I'm conflating two things? I think so, because we grow by leaving our comfort zones. True. And so that would, Im- what you're saying, if I'm hearing you right, would imply that somebody who has hermit energy would not grow because they would not leave their comfort zones and I don't I just it's just that hermit energy is simply a it's just a tendency it's just no I, a, I you know you're absolutely right take and I don't know how it, things look like when two is paired with other numbers but if you think about it a hermit that never leaves his cave because he never sees an opportunity is passing up opportunities for growth right so I'm not saying they never would grow but if you do spend, I mean, the cave is a comfort zone. Like that's, that is, that's what it feels like. And so I'm not saying you wouldn't grow period, but leaving the cave more to see more opportunities, you're seeking more opportunities, you're pursuing more opportunities in and of itself. That's, that's going to speed up growth versus a hermit that just never opens the door. I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong in the sense that, that, um, hermit, that hermit energy isn't, uh, doesn't preclude growth, but I do feel like it is one of the push and pulls. Like it's, it's something that means that you will only really look for opportunity when you think it's worthwhile. And those are the opportunities that you use to grow. Is it that you just said you'll only look for opportunity can you say that again? No, because I think I misspoke. Um, 
Did I say only look for opportunities to grow or something like that? I don't. Uh, All right, we'll just scratch that. We'll scratch that. <laughs> um, and where where did we get started on this tangent? We were talking about your profile. We were talking about your open centers. I think we all, we were asking, yeah, because you had, <laughs> you were talking about what you'd learned about me, um, and that led to the, led to my centers. Um, but what about you? What have you learned about you? Oh, my whole, uh, everything except one piece There's that I've learned about my human design resonates a hundred million percent. It's mm-hmm. like, oh my goodness, I finally have permission. I finally want to say to everyone I ever met in my life, see, <laughs> see, this is me. This is how I'm supposed to do it. I'm not supposed to do it your way. How interesting is it that it was like essentially something that someone else wrote down without knowing who you were or having ever met you, wrote down something that you read and were like, aha, like, that is me. That's kind of cool. I think it's really cool that our soul made these decisions. I think it's adorable that our souls decided whether or not we like routine. Mm. And you don't like routine, do you? I do like routine. You, oh, that's right. You like routine. And that was a bit that of a confused. Well, it was a bit of a confusing one because I don't like, I love uncertainty so much. Right, exactly. And at the same time, don't mess with my morning routine. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Don't, by the way. <laughs> don't mess with our morning routine. But I think that, that just gets to the your question about the... The, like the hermit and yet can a hermit be have extroverted behavior in the right circumstances can someone who loves uncertainty also like routine like there are these they're not actually mutually exclusive concepts but the way that we typically think of them or the way that we approach them or try to put people into boxes can make it easier to say oh you like uncertainty you must wake up every morning and want to do something differently Or you like routine, you must hate uncertainty. And it's like, no, the two aren't necessarily linked at all. It's just how we think about them. Another word for routine is consistency. Mm -hmm. And so I think that routine we can think of as doing the exact same thing, like every day looking identical, Mm -hmm. which would be like rigidity Mm. and I don't know what other words. Inflexibility. Yeah. Um, but consistency, well, first of all, I think routine, actually, though, it can come in small pockets. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, it's my morning routine. Um, and, and consistency is simply, you know, you keep showing up. Yeah. And that is a big part of who I am. Well, words matter. They do. They do. <laughs> Are you mocking me? I am I am mocking you in support of you. It is that is something that you say often and I know it is something that you are passionate about and it is something that is true. I mean, words carry I mean part of the challenge is words do carry different meanings to different people. I mean, you just asked me earlier tonight about what does legacy mean and I gave an answer and then you said, "Huh," and then you turned back. <laughs> Again, you didn't provide any it's a one-way conversation. Um, but like, no words, words have meaning. So I think, I think what you're saying there, there is like routine, consistency, um, structure, 
those things I could see being synonyms to some people and yet have a lot of different, carry a lot of different baggage to others, like structure, rigidity, boxes. Those are not you. Um, consistency is. Um, yes. So words matter and consistent. And for, yeah. Yeah. Words matter. Let's just move on. Yeah. Let's move on to words matter. Where do you want to go from here? I want to know what's the scariest thing you've ever done. Oh, I think you asked me that last time and I think I floundered with it. Um, it's entirely possible the scariest thing I've ever done was to ask if I could kiss you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Score one for answering in an unpredicted way. Yeah, because, I mean, I don't, I, I don't leave my cave. And that, there's, there was huge risk. So, yeah, that was the scariest thing. One of the one of the scariest. I, I don't like th- speaking in absolutes, but w- certainly up there. And another favorite question I like to ask my guests. Yes. Is if you had a billboard. Yeah. What would you write on it? I, I so wanted to say it's all about the journey, just because <laughs> you were you were just telling me that that that's kind of a trite statement. Um. I, it's true. If you want to go with that, use it. No, I, I no wrong answer. There it's is your no, billboard. That is true. It's my billboard. I'm paying for it. Um, I do. I do think I, I'd have to wordsmith it a bit better than I'm going to right now, but I do think that, like, one of the things that this past year and a half has helped me understand is that th- this the process is more important than the outcome in the sense that um i like i like closing things off i like being done with them and then moving on to the next thing and i think that i am learning how much that that misses out on the the actual life part and the process part so if you're just going from outcome to outcome to outcome or crossed off part of the to-do list then you're not relishing the the growth, the discomfort, the the failure, the awkwardness, the the pauses, the opportunities for creativity and lack of productivity that that aren't necessarily moving to you towards that goal being crossed off. And so if you're if you're just focused on the productivity, you you don't enjoy the rest of that stuff that's happening. And so um, it's taken, um, it's taken a, a long time. It's well, we've been down here in Florida for a year and a half, and that's um, when we really started working on um, on ReSmart. And it's taken a long time. It takes a long time to build a business. And so, if I really was just like, I just want to get the business to where it, like it needs to be up here at some defined point. Well, then the last year and a half has been what? just delay pause like gray that you just want to kind of sweep or it's where we sit and you know on sun yesterday morning sit by the pool um it's it's learning stuff it's learning all the like the things that you screw up when you're when you're starting a business for the first time and then you learn from it like all of that is the point of it all um and i think that's condensing those 500 600 words into a billboard would be very 
challenging, but that's what I would want people to understand. It's the, not that like failure's the point because the whole fail fast is, I think misses, misses a lot of the lesson because you don't want to fail fast. You want to actually learn from the failure. Like there's so much about that statement yeah. because also what, a, what is failure? Right. Like the, the whole, the whole point is in the experience rather oh, than is that what you want to say yeah there you board? go the whole point <laughs> thank you usually i have to say the 500 words to get to the point i think everyone who's listening to this who knows me is not surprised by that at all um but yeah the whole the now i've forgotten what i said the experience is the point it's close enough okay shoot I really <laughs> write that down but yeah that would be my billboard what would your billboard be oh I think I need a lot of them. Yes, I'm not surprised by that. I mean, the obvious one is the universe wants you to be sparkly as fuck. Yeah, I, I mean, I, that would be... What would your second one be then? And that one, by the way, is in neon, and it's got lots of glitter. Yeah, you got to be careful, though, because the more you make it bright, the more motorist accidents you'll cause, because everyone will be staring at it. They won't... Well... Would you only put it on a pedestrian mall? I don't know. I'm not into urban planning. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is going beyond the level of, of detail that you yeah. ask your people. I mean, and then one could say you're loved and you are worthy. Mm-hmm. What does sparkly as fuck actually mean to you? It means that... It means that every single soul on this planet is really truly meant to shine and to be no one is meant to be hiding in the wings no one is meant to be small everyone is meant to be seen and is meant to be their best possible self and every single person on this planet is here to change the world and that's going to mean something different for each person. Right. I was going to ask you, like, what about the one with lots of Herman energy who's just like, no, I'm fine, you know, working away in my cave. Well, the thing about that Herman energy is it doesn't mean that they don't like other people. Mm-hmm. As you were saying, you can right. be an extrovert. And but you were just saying going. everyone's need to be seen and, and stuff like that. Some people... Being seen doesn't mean being on stage. Uh, good point. Being seen means... It can just even be the gift of one person making eye contact with you and truly hearing you mm. and truly seeing you for who you are. It isn't being in the spotlight. It's true. And we do like that connection, no matter who you are, the connection is important. The, the, the being seen, being heard. I mean, so yeah, I mean, if so, so sparkly as fuck is basically reinforcing that people are worthy of being seen and heard yeah it's not that you i don't like saying wrong but i'm gonna use that in this case you're wrong if you think oh everyone else is here to shine and i'm not Hmm. and i used to think that Mm -hmm. i used to think they're the winners Mm -hmm. they're the sparkly people I'm not one of them. And do you think that's where a lot of people end up with the whole concept of self-sabotage? Like if they don't think that they are, they don't think that they deserve to be sparkly as fuck, then, oh shit, it looks like I'm winning, then 
maybe I should, you know, back off or maybe I should. Well, that's definitely the case in my experience, like me personally. But I think self-sabotage is a sneaky little bastard that can happen to the most confident person in the world. Hmm. Is that the cicada that everyone can hear? Are those cicadas? Um, so yeah, like I do, I do think that that is, I mean, there's, I think, I think everyone pretty much has, can think of an example where they decided to play small. Um, and I think if that's what your billboard is telling people not to do, don't play small, you deserve to play big, then I think that's a good billboard. Thanks. Even if it's got neon signs, which probably cost extra and all that glitter. Glitter's bad for the environment. It's biodegradable glitter. Oh, okay. We'd use that. You'd, you didn't specify. So let's <laughs> let's change topics. Okay. Um, what have you learned from two years of working on the Find Your Awesome podcast? Because you have helped me since the beginning. You created the cover art. You um, update the images for each episode. You edit each episode, and you help with the show notes. Mm-hmm. I've learned how to play around with GarageBand. But what um, have you learned about you? <laughs> what have I learned about me? Um, I I think I've learned more by listening to like all of the different people you've had on. You've had such a wide variety. Like, I think what I find most fascinating about it is that you've had such a wide variety of guests from wildly different backgrounds, very different experiences, very different, you know, stories. All their stories are so different. And yet they, they often have a very similar message. Um, and it may be self-selected in the sense that you, you resonate more with people who have a similar message to you that is essentially you you belong you deserve to be sparkly as fuck you you deserve to be here you deserve to take up space um you already know the answers you already um have what it is you're looking for is already in you you just need to remember it um you need to find it again inside yourself it's not you need to go on a quest to go find it somewhere else um and I think it's it's quite powerful to hear that over and over and over again from so many different voices, from so many different people in such a different context from one episode to the next. Um, so I think that that is something that I have, I, I, I don't want to say learned necessarily, but that's something that I've taken away from, from the other than me, the 99, well, I guess 98 podcasts that have been other people. Um, and I think it's a really powerful message. And I think that's why people who do find themselves to your podcast enjoy it so much is because it's it's a really positive message and it's it's one that is only strengthened by the, the variety of voices and the variety of, of um, people that are that are conveying it that are acting as that messenger. So before we wrap this up, I want to take an opportunity to thank you a ton. You're welcome. For not just this conversation, 
but for everything you have done to support me, but right now I'm talking about the Find Your Awesome podcast, you have done so much. And when I realized that writing the show notes was super draining for me, you took that on. And that has been, that was a huge weight off my shoulders. And you're welcome. I, I am, I am glad I can help. I like helping. I'm a good helper. Um, but it's also, I mean, I've gotten a lot out of it. Like I have, I, uh, I enjoy, I enjoy being involved in, in the podcast. Um, it makes me feel good. Is there anything else you want to say? I don't think so. I, I think if people pay attention to your billboard, then I think they'll, that, that's a good beacon for them to follow. And they can see my billboard as they drive by too. <laughs> what does your billboard say? Oh, shoot, I knew <laughs> you were going to ask me. It's, it's all about the experience? Yeah. I think so. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please head over to Facebook and join the group Find Your Awesome with Kelsey Abbott. It's free. And if you want more than that, go to my website, kelseyabbott.com, and there you can sign up for my newsletter and get a series of free guided meditations. And I would really appreciate it if you could head over to the podcast app and leave a review of the Find Your Awesome podcast. Your reviews help other people learn about this podcast. Thank you so much. That's all I've got for you, friends. Go forth and be awesome.